Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. Today is April 23rd, 2021, and in a shocking development, a juror in the trial of Derek Chauvin is now admitting she feared retaliation should she come to the wrong verdict. She said that she was scared about the riots and destruction and didn't want it to happen again. Now, she didn't know that she was an alternate, so she did not weigh in on the actual verdict. But this confirms the bias of many people that the jurors were fearing for their safety should they say not guilty. It seems very likely an appeal will happen and Chauvin may get released. In our next story, following this verdict, people are still rioting. They're saying they will not stop and they will carry on for months longer. Those who feared the riots seem to have sent Derek Chauvin to prison in vain. And in our last story, a major announcement, governor of California, Gavin Newsom, is facing a very likely recall. And Caitlyn Jenner announced that she will be running against him. This will be interesting considering many on the left will likely not tolerate a trans person running as a Republican. And before we get started, leave us a good review if you like the show, give us five stars. And if you really like the show, please consider sharing it. Now, let's get into that first story. Former police officer Derek Chauvin was found guilty on all counts, including murder in the second degree and the third degree, second degree manslaughter. There was speculation that due to the riots, the jurors would be scared and would just say guilty to avoid any retribution or to avoid ongoing riots. Yesterday, in an interview with CBS, we heard from one of the jurors who turned out to be an alternate who did not actually weigh in on the verdict, though she was sitting there for the entire trial and she didn't know she was an alternate. She stated that she felt Derek Chauvin was guilty because the prosecution made a compelling case. Interestingly, there are some arguments that what she said could be grounds for an appeal. Also, you had Maxine Waters, a Democrat who came to the city and said, if they don't give us what we want, we're going to do more, get more confrontational. Again, grounds for appeal. It turns out there are many grounds for appeal, and it seems that Chauvin may actually be granted this. Some people think it's likely he will actually get out on appeal and maybe only spend a couple of years behind bars. Following this interview, with the alternate juror. We received another interview with this juror. This time, in no uncertain terms, she said she was scared about retaliation. She was scared about people coming to her home, and she was scared of the riots and wanted them to stop. In the first interview, she just said she, was, she felt everybody would be angry. 
That's not really saying you're worried about rioters coming to your home. But during jury selection, we heard that some people expressed this fear. And it seems obvious to anybody that there was no way Derek Chauvin would have a fair trial. Right now, many activists are cheering, saying the riots worked. It got them what they wanted. Following the verdict, they are now saying it's not justice. They will not stop rioting. And they want more. They're not going to clear the autonomous zone in Minneapolis. They were rioting just the other day in Manhattan. And we are seeing just how truly, just how, how, how truly depraved many of these people are and how ignorant the jurors were, the politicians are, and many regular people are when they keep thinking they will give these extremists what they want and it will make it stop. They begged, please make it stop. Donald Trump said he would. Donald Trump said he would send in federal law enforcement or deputize state police with federal law enforcement powers so that these people who get arrested could actually be convicted. It actually started working. But then Joe Biden said it was Trump's America. And if you voted for him, people would stop. Prominent figures like Sam Harris says, hey, if, if you vote for Biden, it'll be easier for me to explain why these people are bad. It's only getting worse. Chauvin's found guilty. And they're saying, no, it's not justice. Because they need a cause to rally. They need a cause to use to gain power. Under Joe Biden, the riots, the riots are actually just getting worse. And now these people are saying they won't rest because there's more officers who have to stand trial. So did Derek Chauvin get convicted on false pretenses in an unfair trial? Will this lead to an appeal and will it lead to more rioting? In my opinion, yeah, absolutely. I want to show you what's being said. I want to show you some of the ramifications of what's happening, and I want to show you how the media is lying and manipulating. But this story, my friends, is shocking. I covered the initial interview yesterday when the woman said she was scared she'd you know, make everybody angry. And I said, well, that's not a direct admission that the riots played a role in this, but I think it's as close as we'll get. She came out and said it. Let me read for you this quote from this interview about what this juror actually said. I think you can expect the riots to get substantially worse because I will repeat, they rioted last night. They're refusing to shut down the autonomous zone in Minneapolis. They want power and they will stop at nothing to get it. They have you scared thinking that if you give them an inch, they will finally stop, but they never will. It will only get worse. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com and become a member by clicking the members only button on the top right and you will get exclusive, you'll get access to exclusive members only segments, which you'll find in the members area. We had a great conversation about woke media with Seamus of Freedom Tunes, but I really do recommend the segment we did with Charlie LaDuff. He's a journalist, and he told us about some really awful things from crooked and corrupt reporters during 9-11. And we have a big conversation about this, a long conversation about this. Go to TimCast.com because you'll be supporting the work that I do and helping us grow the business. I greatly appreciate it. But don't forget to like, share, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Let me read for you what may be one of the most shocking developments in the aftermath of the Derek Chauvin trial. From Care 11 NBC, quote, I wish it didn't have to happen. Alternate juror reflects on Derek Chauvin trial. A juror who didn't know she was an alternate in Chauvin's trial details why she supports the former Minneapolis officer being convicted in George Floyd's murder. Now, most of you probably know the deliberations took just over 10 hours. It was extremely fast which meant to a lot of people, either they walked in and were like, we're guilty, right? Or not guilty. It was one or the other. It wasn't going to be a hung jury. A hung jury is when there's no unanimous decision and they say, we, we can't, we can't figure it out. It's got to be unanimous. But I would be surprised if it was not guilty. 
because the risk to these individuals was too great. Media had already been trying to reveal as much information about the jurors as possible. One woman even tried taking a photograph in court. The jurors were not sequestered. The judge failed. We are going and and we're going to see an appeal. That is, I I think, a 100 percent certainty. I think he's going to win. Here's the story. A woman who sat as an alternate on the jury that found Derek Chauvin guilty in George Floyd's murder is speaking out about what it, what it was like to parse through nearly three weeks of testimony in the former Minneapolis officer's high profile trial. Brooklyn Center resident Lisa Christensen told CARES 11 Lou Reguse about her role on the jury as another police killing unfolded in her neighborhood. Brooklyn Center is where the Dante Wright riots are occurring. Dante Wright was shot and killed in as, as he was resisting officers. It's a tragic event. But they rioted in Brooklyn Center where this juror lived. And even the defense brought this up. Doesn't seem to matter to the judge. The judge refused to grant a new venue. The judge refused to sequester the jury. Christensen, who lives in a city where a white officer shot and killed a 20 year old black man this month during the trial, said that if she had been part of deliberations, she would have found Chauvin guilty. But Christensen had no idea that she was one of two alternates until the judge dismissed her right before the 12 jurors were sequestered. So she was treating this as though she was going to be in deliberations. Reguse asks, did you know that you were going to be an alternate? No, I did not. Were you disappointed when you found out that you were an alternate? She said, I was. I spent three weeks of my time getting invested and going through all kinds of emotions. My heart broke a little when he turned and said, number 96, you're an alternate. When you made it on the jury, how much did you know about the case and what were your thoughts? She said, I saw the video, but not in its entirety. I saw it two or three times in the news. I do not use social media, so I did not post anything or see anything there. The journalist says, you are the perfect juror in that aspect. You came in with about as clean a slate as somebody can have, considering how big a, ca- a big of a case this was. She said, yeah, I did tell them I saw the settlement run across the bottom of the screen one day. What did that settlement mean to you? The juror says, I knew it was a separate case. I knew civil cases are different with different rules, so it did not affect me. I was not surprised there was a settlement, but I was surprised they announced it beforehand. Let me just pause real quick before we even get to the more stunning admission. The city settled with the family of George Floyd for a historical $27 million. How that wouldn't affect someone is mind boggling to me. The city admitted fault by doing so. Maybe not literally in a legal sense. But in the court of public opinion, absolutely. Raguse says, did you want to be a juror? Here we go. The juror says, I had mixed feelings. There was a question on the questionnaire about it. And I put, I did not know. The reason at that time was I did not know what the outcome was going to be. So I felt like either, either way you are going to disappoint one group or another. I did not want to go through rioting and destruction again. And I was concerned about people coming to my house if they were not happy with the verdict. I'm going to read, read you that one more time. She said, I did not know what the outcome was going to be. I felt like either way you are going to disappoint one group or the other. I did not want to go through rioting and destruction again. And I was concerned about people coming to my house if they were not happy with the verdict. I'm sorry. That's an admission. We all know that there's no group of Trump supporters rampaging through this country for the past year. Sure, we had January 6th, shocked many people. 
but it was not the worst possible thing that we had seen. I mean, it was bad, but it wasn't an ongoing campaign of chaos and destruction throughout many cities. The media will tell you, many leftists and liberals will tell you, the cities are fine. The right is hyper-focused on these isolated incidents. It's a lie. Journalist Michael Tracy traveled to many small towns and found that they had been terrorized, that there had been riots in even small cities you've never heard of. It was kind of a shocking, and it was a shocking story, but an excellent piece of legitimate on-the-ground reporting. And uh, tremendous respect for Michael Tracy for doing it. One of the last few remaining honest journalists at the national level. They're great local reporters, don't get me wrong, but he actually got in his car and he drove to these towns. He took photos. And you can see in small towns you've never heard of, on the windows, please don't hurt us, we support Black Lives Matter. You mean to tell me this woman was scared that a Trump supporter was going to show up to her house? Absolutely not. It's another morning, and you're all set for work. You grab your coffee, head out the door, and your car decides today's the day it won't start. Panic sets in. You're not just late, you're stranded. Get ahead of unexpected car repairs before they strike with CarShield, the most trusted vehicle protection company. For almost 20 years, CarShield has saved millions of drivers from repair nightmares with low monthly plans that cover up to 5,000 major parts and systems, like pricey transmission and engine engine repairs, and check engine light mysteries. Visit CarShield today at carshield.com slash Carlson. Plans include unlimited miles, 24-7 roadside assistance, help with flats, lockouts, and rental car options. Save 20% and get a free quote by visiting CarShield online at carshield.com slash Carlson. Don't wait for the next surprise. Choose peace of mind with CarShield. Go to carshield.com slash Carlson and save 20% today. The first statement she made yesterday was just, I was worried I would make people angry. Okay, it's close to admitting that you're worried about Black Lives Matter riots. But she then says, I did not want to go through rioting and destruction. The Trump supporters didn't riot and burn down buildings and smash windows. Sorry, it didn't happen. The Blue Lives Matter people didn't go around smashing windows. It did not happen. We know who she's referring to. That's shocking. Reduce, the journalist asks, what were your thoughts on the fact that the trial was televised? She said it made it more tense, at least. I thought that in the beginning, I'm, I thought that in the beginning, I'm glad it was because it made it transparent so everyone knows and cannot question what happened. He says you were an alternate, but you would have, but would, would you have voted guilty or not guilty? She said, I would have voted guilty, however. At the end, the judge did read us the rules for deliberation, but it was quick and I could not absorb it. I would have said guilty on some level after I was excused. I did not look at the jury instructions any longer. I did not know how hard that process was, but I feel like Chauvin is responsible for Mr. Floyd's death. Why? I think the prosecution did a good presentation of their case. Dr. Tobin was the one I really related to. I feel like all the doctors in one way or another said the same thing. She was asked, do you think the use of force was reasonable? She said, I do not. Do you think that Derek Chauvin caused George Floyd's death? She says, I feel like the kneeling on the neck for so long did. You heard a lot of testimony about the use of force. Was the force reasonable? And did the knee cause Floyd's death? Did it seem like those were the major questions that were presented to you? The juror says, yes. We heard a lot about the use of force. Was it excessive? Was it necessary? When do police officers stop it? And could it have been stopped at one point? I kept thinking about the critical decision-making model that, that was presented. It was in the back of my mind about how they said you must reassess constantly. And, it, and, and I felt like that was not done. He says, which witness convinced you that it was not that it was was an unreasonable use of force. I thought LAPD Sergeant Jody Steiger, 
The prosecution expert did a good job of explaining to us. She says, some of the trainers said, I don't even know what that is. We don't train like that. That was helpful to hear because they said they can use force, but it not seem like they could use that type of force. So it does seem like she was swayed by the prosecution. And it may be that there's a legitimate verdict here. It's the felony murder rule. Chauvin was not trained to do this. Many of the prosecution witnesses said they didn't do it. The question for me was always reasonable doubt because it's not so much about what you're trained to do. It's about what's reasonable for a police officer. I think a police officer moving the the knee between the neck and the back, as it was testified by several experts, including the prosecution's own witness, wasn't the worst possible thing that could have been done to George Floyd, considering he was resisting arrest. I don't like the system. I'm not a fan of a lack of police accountability. But when you have someone resisting arrest and you have the option to tase them and you choose to simply put them on the ground instead, I, I don't know what the cops are supposed to do, especially when crowds are forming. I wish it didn't happen. But I don't think it's an issue of murder. I don't think that Chauvin was assaulting George Floyd by trying to restrain him. These are complicated questions. The, the real issue at hand is that she outright said she was scared of the riots. So let me bring you to the next big question. The appeals process from ABA Journal. After Chauvin's conviction on all counts, what will his appeal look like? I'm going to read you the grounds for appeal, and you're probably going to say, wow. It goes through some of what the juror actually stated. ABA says, an appeal is a virtual certainty following the conviction Tuesday of fired officer Derek Chauvin in the killing of George Floyd. Chauvin was convicted of all three charges against him, second degree murder, third degree murder, and second degree manslaughter. ABA president Patricia Lee Refo issued a statement after the verdict saying, the association respects the decision of the Minneapolis jury in the trial of Derek Chauvin while emphasizing that a single verdict is neither an indictment of all law enforcement nor a solution to the systemic inequities in our justice system. On Wednesday, U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland announced an investigation of the Minneapolis Police Department to assess whether it has a pattern or practice of using excessive force. Chauvin's sentencing will be in eight weeks, according to Judge Peter Cahill of Hennepin County. Chauvin's sentences on the three charges are likely to run concurrently, Vox reports. The maximum for the most serious charge is 40 years in prison. But judges in Minnesota typically rely on sentencing guidelines, which make the base sentence 12.5 years because Chauvin has no criminal history. Next comes consideration of aggravating factors, which will be determined by the judge because Chauvin waived his right for a jury to make the call. Prosecutors claim that Chauvin acted with particular cruelty and abused his position of authority, aggravating factors that allow Cahill to increase the sentence. USA Today, Vox, Reuters, Bloomberg, and Politico have stories on issues that Chauvin may raise on appeal. They include, first, failure to sequester jurors or move the trial because of publicity. Lead defense lawyer Eric Nelson had no success when he sought to delay the trial of an announcement two weeks before the start date that the city of Minneapolis had agreed to pay $27 million to settle a lawsuit over Floyd's death. He also was unsuccessful in obtaining a mistrial because of a comment by Democratic U.S. Rep. Maxine Waters of California that protesters should get more confrontational if Chauvin is acquitted. On this point, a juror actually said I was scared of the riots. I think her admission of that is particularly bad for the current trial and the verdict. It means that Chauvin's attorneys are going to be able to say not only did they pay a settlement, which is uh, to many an admission of guilt. Not only did, 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 was there another shooting and more riots, 
And Maxine Waters said get, have more riots. The juror admitted she was scared of the riots. Sorry, that was grounds for a mistrial, in my opinion. And now it's going to end up being an appeal. Next, misconduct by a prosecutor in closing argument. Nelson argued that a state prosecutor's rebuttal crossed the line when he said Nelson's defense was creating stories and shading the truth to confuse jurors. His bid to get a mistrial on the issue failed. Minnesota has a rule that bars prosecutors from belittling the defense, which they literally did. And the judge even admitted initially the prosecution in their rebuttal said that the defense was creating stories. There was an objection. The judge said overruled because saying it's a story is not belittling, but watch it, prosecution. They then went on to say that they were shading the truth and fabricating facts and things of that nature. And the judge then sustained the objection saying, come on now, you can't do that. But he did. Grounds for an appeal. Next, ineffective assistance of counsel. Nelson did not object to emotional witness testimony, including testimony by the teenager who took the video of Floyd's death. Darnella Fraser said she has stayed up some nights apologizing and apologizing to George Floyd for not doing more and not physically interacting and not saving his life. Now, this one's interesting. The juror who spoke up actually said that was was extremely compelling testimony. The emotional appeal of someone watching, which has no bearing on the reasonable actions of an officer. Nelson did not object. That was ineffective. It could be argued. Next, the incorrect third degree murder charge. The law punishes those who cause death without intent by perpetrating an act imminently dangerous to others and evincing a depraved mind without regard for human life. Judge Cahill at first ruled the law applies only when multiple people are put in danger and not when a dangerous act is directed at just one person, as in the case of Floyd. But Cahill reversed himself based on a subsequent appellate decision in the case of another former Minneapolis police officer. Next, cause of death testimony. Prosecutors sought to introduce new evidence on the cause of Floyd's death and asked a pathologist legal questions that jurors will have to answer, some defense experts said. And lastly, testimony by Minneapolis Police Chief Medaria Arredondo. His testimony was expected to focus on the department's training and policies, but he twice said Chauvin's conduct violated department ethics and values. What you need to understand is that the prosecution is supposed to give a heads up. Well, well both sides are both basically supposed to admit into evidence certain things. And the judge can say yes or no. They make arguments for why they should be allowed. But the defense needs to know what the state is argue, arguing so that they can defend. The burden of proof is on the state. The, the accused need only reasonable doubt. I think when you see what this juror stated, you see the grounds for appeal. There should have been a mistrial in this case. They should never have allowed this trial to take place in, 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 in the Minneapolis area. But they did. And I'll, and I'll, and I'll tell you why this is so uh, bad for justice in this country. If there's a verdict against Derek Chauvin because he went above and beyond what he was allowed to do, then he deserves to be found guilty, period. I mean, anyone does. I don't care if you're Donald Trump or Joe Biden. If you're guilty, you're guilty. If you're, if you're not guilty, you're not guilty. However, we can clearly see the effect that the riots had. And now we have a juror saying as much, which means this is not a fair trial. And the activists are now going on Twitter saying the riots worked and they'll keep doing it. Interestingly, there's this weird thing. You know, I've consistently said violence does not work. We need to move to a new era of communications. And I've pointed out that those who oppose far left extremism fighting an uphill battle, the media, of course, supports them. For you, it's about persuasion. 
It's about playing the game properly. However, the left is now gloating on Twitter, posting memes where you have people on the right saying violence doesn't solve anything. And then also saying that Derek Chauvin got convicted because the left burnt cities to the ground, figuratively, somewhat literally. Whenever you say they burn cities down, you get these news reports were like false. They didn't burn down an entire city. What I mean to say is they burned down several buildings in many of these cities. They destroyed windows. They attacked people. More than two dozen died. And it worked for them. And that's terrifying. And you know what the result has been? From Post Millennial, a tweet from me and Miles Chong. There's a video where a Black Lives Matter activist says we are never going to be satisfied. How about this from IndieWire? Kerry Washington, Will Packer, and more react to George Floyd verdict. Accountability, not justice. Packer wrote that watching the trial, the verdict was exhausting. But for a brief moment right now, we can exhale onward. It's not justice. It's not enough. From Market Watch, we have a similar story highlighting similar quotes. It's accountability, but not justice. AOC, Pelosi, Zuckerberg, and other leaders react to Chauvin verdict. It will never be enough. This one from the Intelligencer. This is not justice. It's self-preservation. Amazing. This is where we are at, my friends. They have convicted a man on all counts. Murder. Because he was told to arrest somebody. Now, I don't like that George Floyd lost his life. I can say it 50 million times. It's a sad story. There's a video of George Floyd telling young people to get away from crime and violence and not do these things. And people, I see conservatives say, George Floyd was a violent criminal and all this stuff. He had a past. Absolutely true. But in recent history, he was putting out a plea to young people to not make the same mistakes he did. And that made me sad. The dude was addicted. I'm sad that he lost his life. He had medical conditions. I'm sad at everything that happened. But we have to understand that not everything is evil. Not every tragedy is an act of malice. Derek Chauvin may have been callous, which is why you could argue a manslaughter charge, in my opinion. He's given a priority one call, turn on the lights, rush to the scene. There's a man, six foot one, 220 pounds, resisting arrest. Local bystanders on body camera footage saying, stop, you can't win, just get in the car. Floyd refused. He kicked his way out and said, hold me on the ground, hold me on the ground, hold me on the ground. They put him on the ground. And maybe Chauvin shouldn't have done it. But the problem is when you ask an officer to respond to someone who's aggressive, there's potentially excited delirium, whatever you want to call it. He's resisting arrest and they don't want it to turn into active aggression. How can you put someone in prison for murder if that's the case? But you get it. You've heard me say 50 million times. The next issue we see is that instead of calling it justice, instead of saying they've gotten what they wanted, instead of saying we've won, thank you all, have a nice day, they're saying, nah, now you're just trying to preserve yourself. It's not justice. We want more. Are you, are you for real? What's next? Abolishing the police. If you followed my segment yesterday, you'd have seen my video about Police resigning in mass. And it's not the first time. I actually kind of, I find this kind of funny. I titled the, the thumbnail, Police Begin Resigning in Mass over, you know, BLM riots. And I'm like, I actually have another video that says basically the same thing from last year. Because they've been. And there's a police shortage across the country right now in many different departments. It's going to keep happening. I'm not sure I care all that much at this point. I, I got to be honest. I'm not, I, I don't. 
You know, when the left says we want to abolish the police and I live in a city and I say, no, that's insane. Well, I live in that city. I'm affected by that. When eventually I realized the riots are going to keep happening. The rioters are protected by the establishment, by the media and by the government. Well, then maybe I shouldn't be in an area susceptible to riots because I won't be able to protect myself. And that's when I realized watching the police arrest conservatives and those who would defend them, watching the police belittle and mock the conservatives who marched on their behalf, you need to realize the police don't care about you as a whole. Now, a lot of cops do. It's probably why they resigned. You got to understand that cops don't approach you like you're some innocent victim they must help. They approach you from a neutral standpoint of, I don't know you. That's why I respect if a cop walks up and he's like freaking out, he's got his gun drawn. He says, put your hands up, get on the ground. I'm going to do it. Just put your hands behind your back. I do it. I keep my mouth shut. And then I just wait. And then given an opportunity, everything calms down. They feel the threat is averted. You speak calmly. I've done this before. I was arrested twice in the past couple of years, or I should say, no, it's been some years in D.C. about four years ago and a year or a few months before that in, uh, during a, a protest in St. Louis. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. In, in, in the St. Louis instance, I was handcuffed. And I was told, you know, stand by, you know turn around, put your hands behind your back. I said, I'm press. And they said, doesn't matter. I said, okay. They sat me down. And then as the cops were arresting people, I said, pardon me, sir. Pardon me. And the moment I got someone's attention, I just said, I hate to trouble you. Their cuffs are a little tight. They're cutting off my circulation. And he said, hold on. Eventually, a supervisor came back and he said, stand up. He loosened the cuffs for me. And then I said, officer, I am a journalist. I do have press credentials. And they said, it doesn't matter. I said, okay. Eventually, as I just sat down and shut up and I was with some other reporters, he walked over and said, you're a journalist. I said, yes, sir. And he said, you have your ID? Yes, sir. He says, where is it? I was like, it's my back pocket. He says, we're going to take your wallet out and check your ID. He said, absolutely. Thank you. He did. He released the cuffs and says, sorry about that. Have a good day. I see these videos where people are screaming. There's one video that was posted by Ford Fisher I tweeted about where an ATF agent, sir, he was, he was, he was serving a, some kind of, well, I don't know if he had a warrant, but he's at a house. And he's walking away and then a bunch of cops come up with their guns drawn and they say, put your hands up. And he goes, I got my ID. And they say, shut up, put your hands up, get on the ground. And he resists. And I'm like, in, in what world are you going to be an ATF agent and resists cops and scream? Now, I'll tell you why I bring this up. It was funny to watch. This ATF agent refused to put his hand behind his back. When they tried putting him in the car, he refused to get in saying, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. 
It was very similar to what happened with George Floyd. And I find it funny. I find it funny, man. I'm not a fan of unaccountable police. I'm not a fan of violent agents of the states suppressing people's rights and oppressing them. The problem is these people don't want justice. They want power. So the first thing I say is maybe it's time that police do leave. You've probably heard me say it ad nauseum over the past week. Many cops have. It's not just self-preservation, perhaps, because many of the good cops are leaving. So we'll leave you with bad cops. And it will leave you now with ideological cops. This is going to be in those cities. I don't know what the solution is. I really don't. I can tell you that if you're a juror, if you're in the media, if you're a politician, and you think capitulating to the whims of the extremists who would be given an inch and take 10 miles, then you don't deserve the freedoms that you have. If you would give up even a little bit of your freedom, In exchange for security, you're going to keep losing your freedom. It's not going to stop there. You've got to be actively resisting the measures of the authoritarians to seize your freedoms. But with great power comes great responsibility. With great freedom comes great responsibility. I think about these stories of the cops quitting, and I respect the cops for doing so. And then I think I'll defend myself. I'll keep the, you know, we have the right to keep and bear arms. Maybe it doesn't make sense to live in a city when they're falling apart. Even Tucker Carlson, I think, has been saying something similar. There was an interview recently where Tucker mentioned that if you, you know, to do it all over, he would rather just, you know, buy a hardware store and get away from the establishment because it doesn't like, you know, it doesn't like regular Americans. The system is collapsing. He's right. That's why I got out of the cities, because I could see around me an unwillingness from locals to defend the institutions that they need to protect them and a support from the callous and feckless politicians for extremists who would just demand more. They always will. You have the story from the nation. They say, while a jury found Derek Chauvin guilty of murder earlier this week, that verdict alone, though so desperately needed, was woefully inefficient. Inefficient? I'm sorry, insufficient. You wanted more? That's right. Maxine Waters said first degree murder. I didn't even charge him with that. These rookie cops are going to go to prison. Many of them will probably get killed. The system is falling apart. And for a variety of reasons, you know, seeing interest, you know, interestingly, seeing Stephen Colbert lie. And he says the Republicans are becoming increasingly more illiberal and fascistic. And I'm like, it's just so funny for him to just speak word garbage. That means nothing. The Republicans don't do anything. They're, they're like, I got to be completely honest. You want to talk about a milk toast fence sitter? I love how the joke, you know, about Tim Pool, the moderate, the centrist, milk toast fence sitter. It's funny because I'm not staunch Republican or staunch Democrat. I'm not a conservative. I actually lean a little left, but I don't agree with the establishment left on most things. And I'm not a socialist. So they say you're a milk toast fence sitter. Why? Well, because I'm in the middle. But that's the joke. I embrace it because I find it funny. The reality is I'm absolutely not a a milk toast fence sitter. No, I take very strong positions on liberty and I get very angry about things. And you'll hear me yelling quite a bit. And people are like, you need to calm down, Tim. The milk toast thing's a joke. You know who is? Mitch McConnell. He's a milk toast fence sitter. He didn't do anything. He goes, blah, blah, blah. Kevin McCarthy, what did he do? We must censure Maxine Waters. You want to know who's not a milk toast fence sitter? Marjorie Taylor Greene, who was like, we must expel Maxine Waters. The Republican Party doesn't do anything. But when you see the establishment media act like the fascists are the Republicans and the Republicans sit on their hands and the Democrats are the ones pushing crazy laws and, and, and it's the, the Democrat voters and the leftist activists who are marching around these cities 
and demanding illiberalism. We got a broken system that's falling apart. So what do we do? I don't know, because unfortunately, individualists ain't that good at organizing, are we? So speak up, stand up for what you believe in, find a community and build culture. It's the best I can, best I can do. Going back and, uh, to this juror, I, I, I hope this video showed you that what she was scared of, it didn't matter. You're scared of the riots? I hope you're ready for more, and it'll be your fault. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 8 p.m. at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and we'll see you all then. I'm just so confused. I, I, I don't understand why there are still protests. Derek Chauvin was found guilty on all counts. Everyone should just go. Oh, they're not satisfied. They'll never be satisfied. They're still rioting and they're refusing to give up their autonomous zone. I mean, it's obvious if you give them an inch, they will take a mile because they will never be satisfied. I've long said that the left in this country is a chaotic and destructive force because they don't have goals. They don't actually have principles. They may have some kind of warped ideology. The problem is the rules change all the time. The recent example, which you're probably familiar with, is the Stop Asian Hate Movement. For years, Black Lives Matter activists ragged on Asians, saying that they had white privilege and all of that stuff, and they were white adjacent or whatever. And then all of a sudden, they decided to change the rules and even cancel themselves. Some of their own prominent activists were getting attacked for making anti-Asian slurs in the past when it was allowed. So what happens if you keep giving a chaotic, destructive force what it wants? It never stops. There's no goal. It's just burning everything down. So here we are. The New York Post reporting protesters vandalize Central Park Monument and clash with police. Oh, surprise, surprise. The verdict isn't what they care about. Yet for some reason, these people in government are so stupid or compromised that they keep doing this. And I'll tell you what else. I'm, I'm, I'm warning all of you. You've been warned before, and I will say it again. There is no ducking your head. There is no keeping my head down and they'll just pass me by. It ain't gonna happen. They will eventually come to your neighborhood. They'll get rid of the police. They'll replace them with the woke police and it will happen to you. What you need to realize is there's different kind of things that could happen. It's not just going to be like woke police knock on your door and ask you, if you, ask you to accept their Lord and Savior anti-racism into your life. It's going to be that eventually cops, many of them will resign and many others who are just scabs, people who just want a paycheck and don't care about the rule of law or anything like that or the Constitution. And those people are gonna be like, I don't care for what reason. They said you said naughty words, you're under arrest. Oh, you were harassing them. Harassment is a crime. It is. I think harassment should be a crime. But what will happen is they'll claim that words are violence and you called someone a name and they'll come and arrest you. And the cops going to be like, dude, I don't care. I just want money. They'll knock on your door. They'll take you away. And there'll be a crowd of people outside your house screaming. I mean, it already happened before. There was a guy in Wisconsin and he had a big group of Black Lives Matter protesters outside of his house screaming at him, brandished a weapon. He shouldn't have done that. And the cops came and arrested them. Now, again, he should not have brandished the weapon, right? He like literally pointed at people. You shouldn't do that. But he is in his own home. He could maybe just like warn people, stay away from my house. I'll, I'll defend myself. The issue is that when the police showed up, the Black Lives Matter crowd started cheering. I thought they wanted to abolish the police. No, they're cheering for it. You, you, look, I've said it a million times. 
These people who are not speaking up, the people who are just hiding and saying, I can't say anything. These people who message me, I'm speaking to you guys now who message me, high profile celebrities, pro skateboarders, musicians, actors who are like, I better keep my head down, bro. How many times have I told you on the phone? It won't work. They will come and they will destroy what you have. You keep giving in. Nothing changes. It gets worse until you say stop. And for everybody else, same message. But I have people who will call me up and they're going to be like, you know, I wish I could speak out. I'm like, bro, you got an audience. You got so many people who care about what you think. Just say it. Don't go out and scream MAGA or anything like that. I'm just saying go and be like, yo, people chill out. No, I can't do it, man. Because like, no, because they'll come, they'll, 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 they'll destroy my business. And I'll be like, then you want it to happen. I'm sorry. That's the truth. If you won't stand up, you want it to happen. I mean, how is it that there are people who literally make a career out of saying, stand up and don't take this stuff? How is it that I'm able to stand here and say, uh-uh, but you're scared? Why? Well, this is what you get. They're going to keep riding. They're going to keep vandalizing stuff. They're going to keep bashing, you know, throwing bricks at cops. It's not going to change. They will do more the more you let them. Let's say that you give in now and say, oh, okay, fine, we'll get rid of the police. Then they'll go around smashing everything, saying the system is broken and, and, and capitalism is bad. They're just eroding the system. So we got this story out of, out of last night. Protesters clashed with police in Manhattan on Thursday night after a monument was vandalized by cop haters in Central Park. Excellent New York Post. Six people were arrested in Columbus Circle. ACAB, an acronym for all cops are uh, uh, Childs Without Fathers. We'll put it that way. It's the B word. We're, we're on YouTube. We're family friendly. And F12, which means F the police were spray painted on the monument. I love F12 so much. I love that saying. It is the greatest thing because it's meaningless to 99.9% of people. So you'll see people and you go, yo, F12. And then you're like, what? It's a reference to ACAB, which is 1312. And so our, our, our bad is one, two. So F our bad whatever. It's meaningless. It is jargon. And this shows that there is a fringe group of lunatics who are being given free range because we are a society of lazy, do nothings with no responsibility. Sorry, that's the truth. Okay, maybe not you. Maybe not me. Look, to the best of my abilities, I speak up, speak out. And I think building culture is one of the best things we can do. So I'm launching the vlog and we're going to have fun. And guess what? We put up a vlog, right? This is hilarious. We put up a vlog over on my new channel, Cast Castle, and we got his pro bike guy and he's grinding, he's jumping up on the bar and it's really cool. We got a big old Gadsden flag right in the back. Don't tread on me. I'll tell you what's funny. We got flagged for violence and they age restricted the video. Uh Oh, you see, that's it. And I complained and I tweeted about it and they removed the restriction. It is monetized. It has like 240,000 views. And that's the point. Got a big old Gadsden flag. What does it mean? It means libertarianism. Little L, not big. It means be free. Individuality. The rights, have your rights, your, your life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's what it means. And so building culture is one of the best things I think we can do. And I got out of these cities because I won't support them with my tax dollars. And I will speak up against it. Guess what? I think most of you do too, because a lot of you are commenting and saying this stuff and you have no problem doing it. Many people who watch probably don't, but there are a lot of people who absolutely are like, yeah, I'm going to sit back and just collect a paycheck while the world burns around me. That's the, that's the truth, man. And I wonder what it is. You know, maybe it's the good times make weak men and, uh, you know, weak men make bad times, bad times make strong men, that whole thing. 
And maybe we're headed towards a, a, a future where we're going to have kids growing up in hard times. They grow up in a financial crisis. They grow up in a political crisis. They grow up with violence all around them and they become hardened to it. And maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's a light. You know, look, I don't like the riots. I don't like the violence, but maybe there'll be some kids who grow up watching all this stuff and they're going to be like, wow, like my, my family's life was ruined. My friend's lives were ruined and they're going to be hardened to this stuff. Stonewall was a riot was also written in pink spray paint because this protest was black trans lives matter. There's, the, you know, how long until it's, you know, other kin lives matter. I'm, I, I, you think I'm joking? I'm not. I made the joke that in 10 years, the Republican Party is going to be Democratic socialists uh, arguing with other kin communists about, you know, their crazed policies because Republicanism, the Republican Party, not, not Republicanism, but the Republican Party and conservatism in this country seem to mostly just be leave me alone. I don't care what you do. Yeah, you know, I guess it's interesting because it's kind of like don't tread on me. You know, the problem is there's got to be some basic level of respect for the idea of the government not treading on people. If everyone just says, look, I'll do me, you do you and leave me alone. Then eventually the crazies say, OK, we're going to go take over your cultural institutions. We're going to overrun your government and then we're going to start oppressing people. And then we're sitting back going like, yeah, well, you know, as long as you leave me alone while you do it. And then how it works, you got to take responsibility. You got to pay attention to the school board. You got to pay attention to your local elections because it's only going to get worse. This one's my favorite. Look at this. Activists allegedly refuse, allegedly refusing. That's come on, Fox. Activists allegedly refusing to leave George Floyd Square after Chauvin verdict calls for demand to be met. Activists calling for Minneapolis Autonomous Zone to remain until conclusion of remaining officers trial. We mentioned this the other day on the IRL podcast and Ian said something funny. He was like, Oh, yeah, because nothing bad, nothing is going to go wrong in the, in the meantime. And I'm like, that's an excellent point. <laughs> it's true. So we're going to wait until August. We're going to wait four months for the next trial. And uh, 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 they're saying nothing bad's going to happen. They're getting all these rookie cops and they're putting them out on the street. And I was mentioning this, dude. If the veteran cops are getting arrested and charged with manslaughter and murder, what do you think is going to happen to a rookie cop? Veteran cop has more training. Right. So we, we had this, you know, Kim Potter woman, 26 years. She's been out there working the beat for a long time. So she's got experience and she's probably less likely to kill or be killed. She's got experience in, in, in a lot of this stuff. But yet a guy who's wanted an aggravated robbery jumps into a car and she's like, I got to do something. And she, she shot him. Whether it was an accident because she wanted to tase him or because she shot him. He's a guy who's wanted for aggravated robbery, jumping into his car. He could have had a weapon. He was resisting and it's, it's a tragic situation. But she was a veteran, man. She's probably seen way worse than this. Yeah, well, now she's in jail. Now she's in an orange jumpsuit. Actually, no, I think she posted bail. It's like 100 grand. Well, what do you think is going to happen when a rookie cop comes out there and some dude goes to pull up his waistband and he goes, no, boom, 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 and shoots him? Well, you got four months. You got summer months. You got springtime. You got summer coming up. You think it ain't going to happen? I'll, I'll, I'll let you know something, man. A lot of these stories where cop gets scared and shoots somebody, I'm not saying all of them or a majority, I'm just saying there are many, where it's some dude with baggy pants, he goes to pull up his baggy pants, the cops think he's going for a gun in his waistband, they shoot him. So there was one dude who was like outside of 7-Eleven, and like a cop was like trying to stop him, and then the dude went to pull his pants up and the cop shot him, because that's what he thought. There's this other video, apparently, you guys probably know this one, where the guy's crawling on his knees begging, please don't shoot me. 
And the cops like, put your hands up, put your hands down, crawl, put lay down, put your, and the guy's like, what do you want to do? The guy starts crawling, crying. And then his pants start falling down. He reaches to grab his pants and the cop just goes, boom, 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 and shoots him several times. Well, that cop apparently, I don't know if he's still working or he, I think he got his pension or something. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that. I'm not a fan of a cop making a guy crawl on his knees or any of that stuff. I think that cop should be held accountable for that was insane. You, you, you got a guy on the ground. You're responsible for that, right? So I'm telling you this. I like seeing police accountability, but I want it to be real accountability and real justice. I saw a post from some lefties where they were like, every time a cop kills someone, there should be a trial. And I thought about that. And I'm like, <clears throat> that's interesting. That's interesting. I don't know. I don't know. Because what happens is a cop shoots somebody and then they'll try and determine if a crime was committed. And if not, then they won't have one. We can't just indict everyone of a crime if they're defending themselves. So I'm not sure that makes sense. We're asking police to go into dangerous situations. I'm not a big fan of policing institutions. I'm not a big fan of, I, I, I should say the policing system. I think it needs reform. But I'm not going to blame the individual officers for the most part, because right now you've got people who are asking to do these things. I'm at this point right now where I'll tell you this. I'm not all about that anymore. Why? Because people said so. We are, we are in a country where the, the, all we are getting are people demanding cops stop. And you've, you've heard me say it a million times. So long as there are not people going out demanding more police and protesting for them, I ain't going to support them. I think cops should resign. I have tremendous respect, like serious, tremendous respect, like like round of applause respect for these officers who have resigned from departments that are treating them like garbage for two reasons. Like I said the other day, standing up for themselves and their dignity and leaving and also recognizing when they're not wanted. Those, those are important things. So maybe Second Amendment is the answer. Maybe you don't got cops to enforce these gun control laws and we can be responsible for ourselves and the people in these communities who don't want cops will not have cops and there you go. Between now and August, there's going to be some rookie cops. They're going to act a fool. They're going to make mistakes and it's going to make everything worse. And that's why I'm just like, yo, give, give the cities what, the, what they're asking for. Sorry. If there's no cops, then maybe you need to find a way to protect yourself and your family. And if you don't want to live in a place like that, you shouldn't. You don't get to be the end all be all determin uh, you know, determining uh, what the rules are for where you live. And I'm, and I'm not saying that People really want to not have cops. I'm just saying the people who claim to want cops ain't doing nothing about anything. They're not doing anything. So, dude, I'm not going to stand up for you if you're sitting in a burning building and you won't even try and get out. If you're not even going to try to to use a like there's a fire in your house and you got an extinguisher next to you and you're like, eh, I'm going to be like, all right, well, dude, you know, you make your bed, you lay in it. Here's what's going on. Activists who have taken up the Minneapolis George Floyd Square which grew to become an autonomous zone, say they will not leave the area until officials agree to comply with their list of two dozen demands. The group of protesters who have taken up the area surrounding the intersection of 30th and Chicago, now known as George Floyd Square, wrote on Twitter late Wednesday that they will continue to hold the zone until all 24 of their demands are met. They say on Tuesday, the jury found Chauvin guilty. We understand this. So George Floyd Square has been closed since late May. As the corner, it's almost a year now, became a makeshift memorial. On Wednesday, community members behind a Twitter page identified as representing George Floyd Square shared a statement calling for the barricades to remain through the conclusion of the August trial for the three other Minneapolis officers. Let me, let me just stop right there. Once that concludes, they're going to say, well, what about Kim Potter and Dante Wright? Yeah. 
on Wednesday, they said they won the barriers. The current state of the intersection known as George Floyd Square is contributing to the peace and safety. <laughs> oh, wow. Of the surrounding neighborhoods. The statement reads in part, Amid ongoing threats of white supremacist violence, in the absence of justice, the barricades and community structures at 30th and Chicago should remain. Through the trial of all four officers, it's problematic to misconstrue police brutality as progress towards racial healing. You may have seen that there's uh, shootings, violence, carjackings. Well, I can tell you one thing. If the community there wants it, well, so be it. There was an op-ed written by people who live about a block away angry, angry about it, saying cops won't show up and they're mad. Yeah, well, maybe y'all should go out in the streets and stand up for what you believe instead of sitting back and saying, someone else do work for me. Sorry, I'm just, I'm just sorry. I, I know. You're, you know, people are saying things like, Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds, and stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKSeedKits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. ArcSeedKits.com. But we got we to protect these people. Dude, I know. But at a certain point, you got to have some responsibility. If you're sitting there and you live in this area and you won't go out and say, I live here, leave. Yeah, well, too bad. If you won't go out and say you support the police, if you won't stand in George Floyd Square waving a Blue Lives Matter flag, I don't believe you. I don't believe you. You get... You, 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 you get what you work for, you get what you pay for, and you get what you ask for. The people in these cities are asking the police to leave. In George Floyd Square, that's exactly what they've done. And the people who live there, hey, they, there was an op-ed written. I respect that. That's speaking up and speaking out. But y'all got to go out and stand up for yourselves. I'm sorry, what's that? You're scared? The people there are violent extremists who have guns? Welcome to the real world. This is life. So... You voted for these things. You voted for the Democrats who took away your right to keep and bear arms. So you want to go out and defend yourself and defend your home? Well, you can't do it now because you're a law-abiding citizen. And the criminals and the extremists will now exploit your ignorance and your, your mistakes. So what can you do? If you, if, you, if you live in this area and you want cops to come and help, maybe you can call the police and say that you're going to organize a group of people who live in the area to march with the police waving Blue Lives Matter flags and demanding the people leave and do so peacefully. If you won't do that, don't expect me to speak up and speak out on your behalf. When the people wrote an op-ed, I read it. I stood up for them in that capacity. Look, I'm not, I'm not I'm a warrior going out to these communities. I'm a guy talking about his feelings on the Internet. But at the very least, I do that, I suppose. I don't live in this place. I ain't going to tell people who live there how to live. So if you want to live there, if you're mad about what they're doing and you won't speak up and speak out, okay, you made your bed. Now lay in it. I don't, I don't know what happened. But at a certain point, even conservatives were like, I'd rather just, you know, do nothing. It's easier. 
Not every conservative, but still many conservatives just roll over for the left and let them do what they want. You have leftists literally taking over a portion of a city with guns and barricades and ain't nobody doing anything about it. Okay, whatever, man. I'll tell you this. If people came to my house in the middle of nowhere, the people around here would do something about it. Kick them out. They're not crazy, lunatic, fringe, whatever. They're regular people who have homes who will be like, we're not going to allow you to stay here anymore. The people in the cities just sit back and say, I give up. I surrender. You don't got community watch groups anymore. You don't have community. You don't have the right to defend yourselves. And now your cops are abandoning you because the extremists are telling the cops to leave. Maybe it's time you get out. If Listen, your first choice, and a lot of people have told me they, they'll do this. Speak up, speak out, go to community meetings, put up your Blue Lives Matter flag, put up your American flag, call the police, support them, call the city, let them know. Those are, those are the things you can do. You want to really defend your neighborhood. You look at what they're doing. Okay, make your pro-police autonomous zone. Set up barricades and say only cops allowed. Okay, that's silly. Say all cops allowed and set it up nearby and say this is, this is for us and this is what we support. Have your support be heard. If you can't do that because you're scared, you need to leave. Plain and simple. You need to leave. If you cannot stand outside your home and proclaim your support for the police like you want, then don't be there. Because all you're, all you're going to do is get you know steamrolled by these extremists who are claiming white supremacist violence and putting up these flyers and all this other nonsense. Sorry, man. Police Chief Madaria Arredondo said at the time that the neighbors were suffering. I cannot allow that to happen. Our men and women will continue to show up and respond and be the guardians of the community when they call us for help. A spokesperson for the Minneapolis Police Department denied to Fox News the existence of an autonomous zone in September 2020, but said at the time that crowds had interrupted police and medical responders. In one instance, in August, police took 14 minutes to respond to a man who was attacked. In March of this year, one person was fatally shot. Look, if you want to live there, you're allowed to do it. Don't, don't take it from me. I ain't going to tell you how to live. If you won't stand up for yourself, all right, you then, you know, I just assume you want people being shot and killed in your neighborhoods. I'm going to say it again for those in the back, because I said it yesterday several times. A woman ran up to another woman in New York and put a bullet in her head. No one cared. No media, no journalists, no, no outrage, no Black Lives Matter, no activists. They don't care. And then what happens is conservatives are shocked by this and of the opinion that people do care. They don't care, dude. Stop acting like they do. You don't live there. And then when the cops show up and save a girl from a stabbing, they're mad at the police. Conservatives who don't live in these neighborhoods should stop telling people who do how to live. If the police are told not to show up, they clearly want to have their crime, I guess. Hey, I don't live there. If you live there and the people there vote to have these things, and your vote is meaningless, eventually got to recognize democratic, I mean, institutions work this way. The people say we're not mad about the shootings. We want to vote for the people who are who are in favor of this stuff and they'll support policy in favor of this stuff. Maybe it's time you leave and find somewhere that's more the way you want to, to you know, more like a place you'd like to live. Maybe you live in, you know, one of these neighborhoods in New York where there's a lot of crime and you're like, I should move out somewhere else. If you do, just keep in mind, do not vote for what made the places that way in the first place. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. The end is nigh for California's Democrat Governor Gavin Newsom. 
Recall Gavin, 2020.com says they have over 2 million signed petitions. And CBS News is reporting California Governor Gavin Newsom is facing a likely recall. Here, here. My respect to the people of California who sought this recall, who got the signatures, and very well may succeed. Now, this is where things get really interesting. First, I can say, yes, we know Gavin Newsom does a terrible job, was caught out eating, I think, on like multiple occasions. I know that was at one time where he's out eating at a restaurant during the pandemic lockdown. No mask, so they say. And we know we know he's doing a really, really bad job. What makes this all interesting is that Caitlyn Jenner has announced she will be running. Of course, most of you know Caitlyn Jenner, the reality TV star. And I'm going to say this just right away. You know, Caitlyn Jenner was a Trump supporter, came out and criticized Trump on a variety of things, running as a Republican. It's really interesting. It really, really is. Conservatives, in my opinion, will likely very much so support Caitlyn Jenner because it's an opportunity to break the one party rule of California. But I must say, as a Republican in California, Caitlyn Jenner is probably the furthest left you could have a Republican and still be a Republican. I mean, it's kind of interesting. There's, there's a lot of issues in describing the history of Caitlyn Jenner that YouTube would probably ban me for. And I'm, I'm genuinely trying to be respectful. So considering I don't know all the rules, I'll just try and give you the information to the best of my abilities. But uh, first, the information we have, uh, to, let, let's first go through Gavin Newsom's recall. I want to point out some of the cultural issues surrounding the interesting political dynamics of a transgendered Republican candidate for governor, because you have prominent liberal leftist types smearing, dare I say, even being called out for misgendering Caitlyn Jenner. And this is where it gets really weird, because I'm seeing conservatives defend Caitlyn Jenner from the left, because the left is misgendering Caitlyn Jenner, because Caitlyn Jenner supported Trump and Caitlyn Jenner is a Republican. It's just it's a really, really interesting dynamic in 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 this uh, in this time. Well, here's the first report from CBS News. They say the fate of an effort to recall California's Democratic governor, Gavin Newsom, will be announced next week. Sophia Bolag, California politics reporter for the Sacramento Bee, joins red and blue anchor Caitlin Huey, and they basically make their statement. And they go on and talk about it, yada, yada. I'm not going to read through everything because you get the news. Gavin Newsom is facing this recall. Here's the breaking news from NBC. The former Olympian reality TV star and transgender activist announced her run as the effort to recall Governor Gavin Newsom moves forward. NBC reports in a press release posted to Twitter, Jenner, a longtime Republican, said that she'd make a formal announcement in the coming weeks and pitched herself as a compassionate disruptor who will campaign on solutions and providing a roadmap back to prosperity for the state. Quote, California has been my home for nearly 50 years. I came here because I knew that anyone, regardless of their background or station in life, could turn their dreams into reality. But for the past decade, we have seen the glimmer of the golden state reduced by one party rule that places politics over progress and special interests over people. Sacramento needs an honest leader with a clear vision, Jenner said. Jenner's campaign website also went live Friday morning. Axios first reported the news. I would like to say one thing that confuses me. While Friday morning isn't the worst time to announce anything news related, it's the second worst time because the worst time to do it is Friday evening. When people need to make statements, they want to die. When they make statements about like something bad, like they're admitting fault, they put it out on Friday evening. I don't know about a Friday morning announcement, but 
people aren't really going to be into the news right now. They're not going to be talking about it over the weekend. They're going to be going out having drinks and chilling. But I guess I don't know what the strategy is. I guess it's not a formal announcement about running, but it says that Caitlyn Jenner has filed the initial paperwork to run. So it seems like it will be formal. So anyway, look, I'll, I'll say this first and foremost. I think this is fantastic. I absolutely do. Caitlyn Jenner, in my opinion, may be exactly what California needs to break the one party rule because, you know, I said Caitlyn may be the furthest left a Republican may be as a social progressive. So she says, and OK, but you got to understand that California is like two thirds Democrat. If you can get somebody who's to the right, a self-proclaimed Republican who's going to have economically conservative positions, it's a start. It may not be perfect, but anything that pulls California back from the brink, in my opinion, is a good thing. And, you know, you, you, what, is it, what, what did it say? You catch more flies with honey than you do with vinegar. Moving on, NBC reports, Jenner, the step-parent of the famous reality TV Kardashian clan, has been reportedly considering entering the governor's race if a petition to recall Gavin Newsom qualified for the ballot. Recall organizers have said they've collected more than 2 million signatures, well above the 1.5 million needed to meet the state's threshold to trigger an election. Counties have until the end of the month to verify signatures and report their tallies to state election officials. The state finance department will take about 30 days to produce a cost estimate for the election before a legislative panel reviews the findings. Only then would an election date be set. If a recall formally qualifies for the ballot, voters will be asked two questions. The first would be whether they want to recall Newsom, and the second would be who should replace him. There is no limit to how many people can run and whoever gets the most votes wins an open election that allows some to be elected with only a small plurality. So that's kind of big. Jenner would be the first of what many strategists believe will be a long line of celebrity and novelty candidates who could closely mirror those who ran during the 2003 recall, in, uh, in recall election in California when adult film star Mary Carey, former child actor Gary Coleman, and hustler publisher Larry Flint added their names to the list of more than 100 would-be governors. Action movie hero Arnold Schwarzenegger ultimately won the election with 49% of the vote. Bravo to him, I guess. But people are saying he's a rhino. They're saying that Arnold wasn't actually a Republican. And I'll tell you, I don't think you're going to be satisfied with Caitlyn Jenner if you're a Republican from, say, West Virginia. But hey, man, California should take what it can get in terms of conservative politics. So I certainly think this is a step in the right direction for California. It ain't perfect, but it's something, isn't it? So Caitlyn Jenner has officially launched this website, just CaitlynJenner.com, Caitlyn for California. And I, I already read the, uh, the statement. That's about it. No real policy positions. So I reserve uh, uh, judgment. I, I don't know what Caitlyn wants for the state. I know that uh, she said that she's economically conservative, but socially progressive, which is kind of interesting. It's kind of an, it's how things kind of used to be. Man, I remember when I was younger. Libertarian types would say would say that they'd say, oh, I'm economically conservative. The state shouldn't be burning through all this money, but I'm socially progressive. You know, people should be able to get married if they want to get married. You know, you know, gay rights, LGBT rights, all that stuff. <clears throat> Excuse me. And now we're at a point where it's actually kind of interesting because there are a lot of people who are actually economically progressive, but socially conservative. Like, you know, no disrespect. I, I mean, this genuinely shoe on head, for instance. She was great. She was funny. You probably know of, of her content. And I saw her tweeting about like traditional family values. And I'm like, that's really interesting that like she holds economically progressive, but socially conservative values. I'm not saying she's a conservative by any stretch of the imagination. I'm saying it's like the opposite of Caitlyn Jenner. It's a strange political alignment we got going on. 
But I want to point out something real quick in, in terms of how politics works in this country. <clears throat> what do you think the response has been from many on the left to Caitlyn Jenner? I think most of you know, because you can go back to when Caitlyn transitioned and you can see how the left treats a trans person who's conservative. Look at what they say about Blair White. I don't know. I don't know about all conservatives, but I do know Blair is, well, first, Blair's awesome. And Blair has a large fan base of many Trump supporting conservatives because there's a big libertarian bent. There's a large group of people who are like, yo, do your thing. That's socially progressive and economically conservative, like Caitlyn Jenner. So I think, like I said, it's fantastic. But you look at how the left treats a person like Blair for going out wearing a MAGA hat. What happens? Blair got attacked in Hollywood. She put up a video about it. Broke a fingernail, I guess, like actually injured herself. Somebody hit her. That's what happens. They don't care. The, 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 identity, the identitarianism from the left only goes so far as you bend the knee to their whims. So I see this as an ab- ab- absolutely as a, as, as a win, even though I don't consider myself a Republican or a Democrat for the most part, just kind of independent. But I think the Democratic Party has gone off the rails. Yashir Ali. Here we go. Joy Behar misgendered Caitlyn Jenner at least four times in The View this morning. Caitlyn transitioned over six years ago. I don't know why Joy misgendered her, but it's an important reminder that we don't misgender people even if we don't like their politics. Yasher says Joy has apologized. Now, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this. My opinion. Nobody is, nobody is owed anything. If I want to insult you, I have the right to do so. However, you might notice that I don't really do that a whole lot. There are some people I call scumbags, like evil politicians. But like, you know, even people I really don't like, I usually refrain from calling names. I might refer to AOC as evil because I see her lying and manipulating and just saying whatever she needs to say. But a lot of people call her really nasty names. I don't like playing that game. I want to make sure that my criticism is rooted in some kind of concept or has a reason for it. So I'm not going to misgender somebody. That's just not me. You guys won't find that from, from my channel. You're more than welcome to speak as you see fit. I believe in free speech. And I think it's wrong that people would be banned for saying words they want to say. Like when Zuby said, okay, dude, to somebody and got banned on Twitter for it or got suspended from Twitter. That's insane. He said, okay, dude, that's how kind of ridiculous things can get. I'm all about um, offering up. What's the right way to put it? You know, it's like the benefit of my respect, right? You know, like the benefit of the doubt for my respect. Meaning somebody comes to me, I don't care if they're on the left or on the right, they're religious, they're not religious, and they say, I prefer to be called this. I'll be like, you got it. Because I always try to start off on a positive foot. I always try to make sure we're, we're you know, on, on, on a positive footing. It's the easiest way to put it. So I'm not, I'm not a fan of being purposefully disre- disrespectful to try and trigger people or to assert something. Now, I'll t- we'll take a look at someone like Ben Shapiro, and this is where things start getting interesting culturally. Ben Shapiro has made his case clear on misgendering policy. He said in conversations, it's much easier just to use the obvious pronoun, I suppose, or I'm not, I'm not sure how he describes it. But like when talking with Blair, he'd say, obviously, I would say she, her, because it's much simpler to do than to try and explain to everybody. However, he stated that in writing, he would say he, him to someone who is biologically male. I find that interesting because Ben is coming from a position of, I wouldn't call it disrespect for the sake of being disrespectful. And there are a lot of people who do that. Ben's coming from a position of his beliefs, his views, and his right to speak as he sees fits. He sees fit. So what I'm saying here is, 
You need to understand there's a big difference between Ben Shapiro misgendering and a troll doing it. Ben is saying, here's my core beliefs and what I feel is true. Some people are just might agree with him, but might just be doing it to be mean or whatever. Again, I'll put it this way. I'm for free speech. If you want to call me all the names in the book, I think you should be allowed to do it. Why should someone be allowed to call me stupid names and misgender me or accuse me of certain things? You, we, we can't have these different standards, right? So I get people on Twitter or whatever in comments, and they'll, you know, they'll insult me in homophobic or, you know, racist ways. I don't think necessarily either of those apply to me, but why should they be allowed to do that? And it's allowed. I'm not kidding. Like you go on Twitter and people will insult you and they'll say things that Twitter allows. So I, that, that's why I default to, to free speech. You know what I mean? But now, now, the cultural issues that I'm bringing up where I find it gets interesting is just like how we've seen. Let, let, let me show you this. Let me show you this article. This is from 2016. This is from a very, very hyper partisan left outlet that is considered to be not credible. And they actually say Caitlyn Jenner is a right pain in the ass for liberals or at least for this one. On a personal level, you have to feel empathy for the road she traveled, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not going to read through the whole thing. But what's interesting is they, they, they point out this. As annoyed as I am by the megaphone being given to Caitlyn Jenner, though, I'm really, really fed up with liberals misgendering her and making transphobic cracks about her anatomy as they heap abuse on her. Caitlyn Jenner is ignorant. And so the question now is, is she learning? Well, Caitlyn Jenner did learn. Writing an op-ed, I thought Trump would help trans people. I was wrong. There's a reason why I highlight that old article. There's a reason why I highlight Joy Behar misgendering Caitlyn Jenner. I'm told that if I misgender someone, I will be banned. I will be taken off the internet. Now, that's not the reason why I don't misgender people. Like, you know, I had Blair White on the Timcast IRL podcast, and I'm a, I'm a fan of Blair White. I think, you know, I, I have tremendous respect for Blair. Everybody's deserving of criticism. You know, people criticized her recently. She did a video where she was accused of lying about a bunch of stuff. I'm not here to hash all that out. But I'm not going to misgender Blair because I just, it's not that big of a deal to me to, if someone prefers to be called a certain word, I'm like, that's fine. Like even, you know, Wimixin or whatever. The problem ultimately, ultimately with like Wimixin and like women with a Y or whatever is that there's no agreement on what you're supposed to say. Anyway, I digress. When it comes to Caitlyn Jenner, liberals absolutely tore her apart, misgendering and insulting. And it's like, why? These are the rules you set. No principles. And that's, that's what I can't stand. I, I tell you this, my friends, many of you probably libertarian, conservative and liberal. I think it's fair to the liberals who watch me and, the, and, and well, honestly, to everybody that they know that I'm literally like some kind of liberal. I've, I've gone from like liberal way down to like libertarian, but I only lean left. I've always been fairly left libertarian, but I've always said I'll like, you know, fairly liberal. But now it's, you know, I moved down quite a bit towards the libertarian spectrum, little L, and I lean left because I'm... I'm, I'm, I'm for social justice. I am. I, I'm going to tell you this. Like, you guys, I watched The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and I got people screaming about how, like, how awful it is. And I'm like, dude, it was epic. It's not woke. Wokeness to me is authoritarianism. Wokeness is to me when the left says you can't misgender somebody. And then what do they do? Misgender the people who refuse to bend the knee. That's what pisses me off. You come to me and say, you must respect trans people. And I'm like, bro, I give everybody the benefit of the doubt when it comes to respect. I'm not saying they deserve it, but I try. It doesn't matter if you're trans or not. I'm going to try to be nice to you. Even if you're like a hardcore leftist or a woke person, I will try. But they don't do the same. They don't do the same. 
You know, so I watched the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which the, the, the finale came out, and I thought it was epic because it's not woke. It's not. It's 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 Sam Wilson defying the woke people and, and wearing the American flag and beating up Antifa. I kid you not. Look, I'm, I'm fairly centrist, so I'm not a hardcore traditionalist. I'm decently progressive, but libertarian. And that means if, you know, I think people should live and let live. I think we should have a basic level of respect for everybody. But it also means I am not 100 percent hardcore culture revolution leftist. I actually am not. I think we need to maintain many conservative values that conservatives get right. Perhaps the truth is very simple, that the conservatives have a bunch of stuff right, that liberals have a bunch of stuff right, and it's the crazies and the extremes that have everything wrong. The problem I see, conservatives are substantially more active, in my opinion, or more understanding of the news environment. Call me biased. That's just the reality. The liberals are not, which is why I see all these comments all the time where they're like, Kyle Rittenhouse brought a gun across state lines. I'm sure I'm sure all of you watching know that's not true. So why do I see it on Twitter and Reddit all the time from liberals? They don't pay attention to the news. They don't do the research and they align themselves with their extremists when the conservatives do not. The left tries to claim right now we had like Stephen Colbert saying the Republican Party is a fascist party. And I'm like, who? The milk toast layabouts like Mitch McConnell, you're nuts. But if they can convince you that Mitch McConnell, who does nothing, is a fascist, then sure, the guy literally doing nothing is a fascist. Oh, that's what I'm worried about. The guy who won't do anything. People like to call me milk toast. It's a joke, mostly referencing the fact that I'm a moderate centrist, leaning a little to the left. You want to know who's milk toast? Lindsey Graham and Mitch McConnell. They don't do anything. The Republican Party has no real leadership. So anyway, I digress. Caitlyn Jenner. I think this is fantastic. I wish Caitlyn Jenner the best. I honest, I honestly hope she wins. It would be epic. Hopefully, it is a move in the right direction. There's a lot of conservatives who probably are not happy, happy about it. They don't care. Traditionalists and more religious conservatives, most likely, in my opinion, are probably not happy with, you know, people who are trans. Look, people have a right to it, to, to their worldviews. And you need to understand the problem with wokeness, I'll give you a good, good example. It's, it's Birmingham in the UK. I think it was Birmingham where there were uh, schools having LGBT curriculum and Muslims showed up protesting this. And these leftists showed up and went to the Muslims and said, I'm fighting for you, for you. And they're like, no, you're not. It's remarkable to me that the woke are going to come out and claim they support LGBTQ plus rights and also the Muslim community when these communities are actually at odds with each other because the Muslim community are religious conservatives. I respect the right of Muslims to have their, their religion, to practice their faith, and to have it respected. I respect the rights of the LGBTQ plus community to be respected and have their rights as well. This is called classical liberalism. You know, I don't consider myself to be classically liberal. I, I consider myself to be decently socially liberal, but they're very, very similar. Center right versus center left. Caitlyn Jenner wants to run. That's wonderful. But the left is going to do everything to smear and defame. And that's the name of the game. Wokeness is only as deep as your, 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 your uh, commitment to their cult. When Caitlyn Jenner came out as trans, the left, the comedians, they smeared, mocked and ridiculed Caitlyn Jenner. They do the same thing to, to Blair White. They don't actually believe what they believe. 
So I'll, I'll leave it with this. I'll probably say this for later, man. But you, you, you really got to look deep. If, if you've not seen The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, this is a really good example. It's relevant here. You got to look deep at this show. And let me just tell you this. There's a few things that I love about it <clears throat> and that, that are somewhat relevant right now. Sam Wilson is the Falcon. Okay. Maybe you don't care about pop culture shows, but just, just hear that. This is, this is interesting. He's the Falcon. He's given Captain America's shield. It's, it's styled after the American flag and he gives it away. Why? Because he didn't feel comfortable flying the flag because of the history of racism in this country. Now, all of a sudden, a ton of people are like, that's woke. That's bad. But no, it's the resolution. He goes, I don't want to spoil everything, but he talks to a black man who basically says no self-respecting black man would be Captain America. And this triggers kind of an epiphany in Sam who decides to wear the American flag and represent the United States as he goes and he beats the crap out of open borders, Antifa types. And I laughed watching it because I'm like, dude, that's real social justice. That's someone saying you're not going to demonize the flag because of the the wrongs of the past. We're going to right them and respect the flag and this country and the accomplishments. I say it all the time. I love America because we have improved over and over and over again. And that's what I saw in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And what I see with Caitlyn Jenner is hopefully when her policies come out going to be good. I don't know for sure. I believe in true social justice, which honestly is just justice. It means that people are free to live and let live. They have the rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And that's, that's what I think we need. Wokeness, as we describe it, is authoritarian identitarianism. And they will throw you out the moment you say you believe in personal liberties and freedom. I don't like that. That's wrong. We'll see how this plays out. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then.